Hi, how you getting on? Are you ready for another episode? It's time to sit back, relax, and be inspired by Trials of a Sofa Surfer. to this week's podcast. Thanks for joining us. This week, we are going to be speaking to John. John is uh, a tenant here at The Arch and has been for about a year now. And uh, John's a great guy, lovely guy. And I want to thank him because it took no time to get this uh, recorded, to get it organised and get recorded. Uh, He was very keen to tell his story. And boy, is that a story. At the time of telling it, uh, John was a bit nervous. So he wanted to do a really good job. And you, But I tell you what, when you listen to this, it doesn't sound it at all. He's, he's a bit of a natural. But he took the, the responsibility very seriously because he wanted to be an example to others in his situation and show that life can change. It's a remarkable turnaround for John. But the best is yet to come for him. So sit back, relax, and be inspired by John's story. And I'll see you at the end. John, welcome. Uh, Let's start with the arch. When did you move into the arch? I moved into the arch uh, on the 1st of March uh, 2018. Yeah, I've been here like 14 months now. Yeah, previous before that, <coughs> I was in a treatment centre, and previous before that, I spent a lot of time uh, in hostels. I was homeless for many years, uh, in and out of hostels, in and out of prisons, uh, and didn't know a way out of it. Yeah, and I found myself in a situation, in a position where I thought that's the way my life is always going to be. Uh, and it got to a point where as I got introduced to a treatment centre I went in and I detoxed and I got myself clean and because of my homeless situation I got referred and I came to the arts whereas I'm, I'm still on the arts just now living and uh, hoping to move on and get my own uh, accommodation So taking it back you mentioned a few places there, you know, treatment centres, uh, hostels, things like that. So how did it begin? You know, at what age did did you first have to enter? Did you say like a, like a hostel or a, a treatment centre? My first treatment centre <coughs> was probably about twenty one. Uh, when I first started getting into solvents and drugs, uh, I was age eleven. And we growing up in a street, uh, I just thought that's what you, you actually done. Uh, all my friends were doing it. Uh, I wasn't going to school. And I was just hanging about taking solvents and drinking. Uh, I started to get a wee bit older than that, and then harder drugs started coming into the street. Uh, 
which I now found out later, I started getting addicted to them, uh, and my life started to get worse. Uh, I couldn't get any employment uh, because of the condition I was in. Uh, and I was like 21, and uh, my drug worker introduced me to a, a treatment centre. Uh, and I went in for a detox, and I came, just came back out, and I just done the same thing that I'd done. I just used drugs. Uh, I didn't know nothing about addiction at the time uh, and my life started to get worse. Uh, I was always looking for a way to, to stop and I, I could never ever find it. Uh, I tried many uh, different prescriptions, tried many different detoxes uh, and nothing seemed to work because I'd always use alcohol or, or smoke hash and mm -hmm. that would just lead, lead me back uh, to heroin. So, if you don't mind me asking, John, what age are you? Just I'm now? 50 years of age now. So, you said you started using substances, what, did you say 12? 11 years of 11. age. And then by the time you were 21, you went into your first treatment centre. Mm -hmm. So between the ages of 11, I mean, that's had 10 years. Who was involved at that time to help, to try and help you stop taking solvent, solvents and, I mean, what were the drugs at the time? What the drugs when were I first uh, tried to get help, uh, I'd go to a doctor and I would get DFs, uh, I would get Valium detoxes uh, to, to stop, try and stop me from using. Uh, and that was just like picking up extra drugs to me, uh, going to a doctor and picking them up every week. When the doctor seen the uh, had enough of that, uh, he put his own something else in, and he put his own methadone. Uh, and when I was on the methadone, uh, I thought that would help. Uh, I was told I wouldn't be on it long. Yeah, I pick it up daily. And, and what age are you then? Uh, 25. Right. This time I'm 25. So before, before the t you, know, you get to 21... Who who tried to help you at that point? Uh, that time, uh, it was the Hat team, which is uh, the homeless addiction team. Uh, before Cat teams and that out, and that's when I kind of went into my first detox centre in Helensborough. Uh, so, so you were homeless at that point. Mm -hmm. So, at what age would you say you you became homeless? I kind of left the house uh, when I was twenty. <coughs> uh, because my mark and the kind of coat was, uh, I was using drugs in the house. Police were coming to the door. I was selling drugs, and I couldn't do that sort of stuff in my mum's house. So my best idea was like uh, go homeless uh, and sell drugs uh, in the town centre, and and where the other guys were homeless, uh, I knew these persons would be looking for drugs, and and I could sell them to fund my habit, right. and, and that's the way my life kind of turned out. So it was a kind of conscious decision then. Mm -hmm. so, so what did you did you think that you would find a home or, or were you not really bothered or? At that time, uh, the, the drugs were more important. Uh, I was living in hostels. I thought I was managing my life okay. Yeah, selling drugs, taking drugs, and because I was a drug addict, some someone asked me why why they always do that and. I said, well, I'm a drug addict, uh, that's why I take drugs. And 
Obviously, there's a lot of people out there who think that, well, if you're in prison, for example, well, there are people in prison to try and help you turn your life around. But that, it's not always the case. Uh, and I guess, well, I'm sure you can tell me, was that something that you wanted to do? Or were there people there to help you, put you down a different path? Or were you happy with the path you were on? There were people in the prison that could probably help you and point you in the right direction uh, to, to go and see a casework team. Uh, but there weren't many people in the hostel uh, uh, and in prison being homeless. Uh, it was a fair few actually got help, and I think mostly you know, it would be young ones uh, that would get help. And we'd probably tried this four or five times before they already got time, because there were times in there like, I wanted to see a casework team, I wanted to try and get a house and, and I just, at the end of my sentence uh, I never heard I never heard any word uh, and I was just liberated uh, homeless and uh, sent to the Hamish Allen Centre where they would put me up for accommodation. So how many times were you in prison? Have you, have you been in prison? Oh, I've been in prison numerous of times. Uh, there's been spells of times that I've not been out long uh, periods of six weeks out back in my sentences just got longer and longer uh, you know, I can start off with my sentences by like 3 months, 6 months, 18 months 20 months, 52 months uh, in prison practice probably saved my life sometimes uh, the condition I was in homeless Getting a wee bit of food in the respite back in prison and then kind of coming out. So prison played a big part part of my life uh, and homelessness, you know what I mean? Uh, and that was through <coughs> having to do crime, having to sell drugs uh, and the consequences of, of my actions and, and I had to deal with the, the actions. You know, I couldn't sit and moaning, groaning, I had no family left in my life, I had no one to contact, so to me I thought I was not harming anybody, no, yeah, and I had to be selfish and I had to look after me and do the best that I could do, and the only way I knew how to, and that's the only way I knew how to live. So are you on your own at this moment in time, do you have family in, in your life? I've got, I've got a brother just now, uh, my sister-in-law and my niece which I've been in contact with him now, but when I'm in active addiction, I'm homeless, uh, I don't seem to contact him, but now, I, now I'm clean, uh, and I'm in here, uh, he, knows, he knows I'm doing well, he knows I'm trying. Uh, I do a lot of stuff for my recovery today, uh, and I try and manage just to stay clean, uh, and no go back to what I know is, like using drugs in prisons and homelessness, and. I know when I start using drugs again, that, that's where I go back to. Uh, my drug use wasn't very nice, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm just hoping for being there in the arts and get my own house and that, I can 
you know, move on and try and start start my life now. Uh, it's took me a long time to kind of get to this place, and it's took a lot of hard work. Yeah. So what what made you decide things had to change? <coughs> what made me decide was I, I'd lost my house uh, in the Wainford that I way back, and I was just going in, in and out of hospitals. I was going in and out of home, uh, hostels, in and out of prisons. Uh, I couldn't continue anywhere. I'm starting to get a lot older. I was giving DVTs to my legs, had blood clots, abscesses, uh, didn't eat eight stone. I had no condition. I, I couldn't look after myself. Uh, and, and the drugs was just tearing me apart. Uh, I could barely walk in the street. Uh, I was limping. I was using crutches. And it just got to a point that uh, I was in hospital and he uh, said, this boy needs help. Uh, we cannot let this boy out of hospital, uh, the condition he's in. And I was just lucky enough someone came up with a hospital from a street team who supports uh, the homeless uh, in Glasgow. And he pointed me into a, a crisis centre to, to a detox and, and then I moved on from treatment from there. Ever since there... Uh, I've managed to, to be clean. So when you say the street team, do, do you know which team that was? Or? The Simon community. So, so that was a, a big turning point in your life then? The guy, again, I know, that Simon, that's what the Simon community do. Uh, they support guys that are ho- homeless uh, and they support guys that kind of want help and I think they can see it if people are willing and they want to try and get off drugs and get out of the condition that they're in, uh, they'll help them. And I think that's what they saw in me. Uh, I went back to a, a hostel once I was out, out of hospital uh, and I was in the, the hostel and I was sticking to my methadone and I wasn't using and, and I was phoning this guy every day and, and he said, you're doing well. He said, and I reported to this detox centre, which I had to do every day. And I reported there for four or five days, and I, ma- and I managed to get in. Uh, and that's when I when I moved on to a, a treatment centre. Uh, and I found out in this treatment centre they did a 12-step programme. And I used to, and I looked at my, my past behaviour, I wondered why like, I would always go back to drugs, even like coming out of prison and no using the drug of choice and picking up my first substance would always lead me back to uh, using drugs and uh, going into this treatment centre, I, I learned about NA, uh, it's a fellowship, which is a, a programme of complete absence from all drugs and that's like alcohol and that's what I've kind of realised in my past, like that's why I could never ever stop and, and I would always end up back in the same place because I'd always pick a substance up and no one ever came along and said to me, why don't you just stop using anything, John? And and that's when I found that out nearly three years ago. Uh, it'll be three years in September and I'm not saying it's been all good, uh, it's been hard. Uh, but that's what I have to do. And the uh, Simon community helped me to get out of addiction uh, I knew volunteer with them. Uh, I volunteer in a warehouse, which I know they supply food, clothes, take them to homeless people's night shelters, 
Yeah, the missions where the homeless can get food and uh, and it's great to do that stuff today. Considering I was in a position myself, uh, being homeless and uh, and and it's great for us. So you're like giving back to mm-hmm. the people that maybe you once visited for for a completely different reason. Uh huh. Yes. Uh, I've done a lot of volunteer deal at volunteer and recovery calves. Uh, I, I attend a lot of NA meetings. Uh, I see people still using drugs and, and try to help, uh, and it helps me as well because I need recovery as well. Because uh, I can't do this alone. Uh, I need support in that as well. Uh, so you said it's not easy. You know, it's three years. Uh, coming up for three years, but it's it's still not easy. So how do you manage day to day? I manage uh, with being around clean people. Uh, it took me a wee while to to, to change that sort of thing, uh, and I couldn't understand. I couldn't get it. Uh, I learned that I had to be around uh, recovering addicts to 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 maintain my recovery, uh, which I attend meetings every day. Uh, and I was learnt that I had to do volunteering, keep clean people, and, and change my thinking. Uh, it was basically my thinking I had to change. I had to get rid of all that negative stuff that I had. Uh, my mentality, my jail attitude, my homeless attitude, uh, and and what spiritual principles. You know what I mean? I had to be honest. I had to be open minded. I had to be willing, and and just listen to these people what they were saying to me. How to, to get into recovery, and and that's what I done. So how did how did you do that? though? how do you change how you think and and how you act? I mean, it sounds like you know that you decided that you you were not spending time with certain people. Is that am I right in picking that up? Is that is that what you mean? I well, I've led a life of I led a life of dishonesty. And I had to kind of change it. I had a life of like prisons and try to be a tough guy and, and show a, a face and, and put a mask on. Well, probably inside that I was just scared and, and full of fear. Uh, so to change all that, like I had to come in and be honest and and, and speak my mind. Uh, say I was full of fear. Like the first time I went into a prison center, like I walked in full of fear, but I put a mask up. Uh, I feared when I was homeless and. No, I, I didn't want to be there, but I, I showed that I was not with, with a mask on, and, and I had to admit all that. No, I had to admit that I was an addict and surrender. Uh, and if I was to continue that way and be dishonest and deceitful and thieving, then, then I wouldn't change. So for me, it's like it's if you just do the right things, then it it makes it that wee bit easier. No, it's brave though. It's brave of you to do that. Mm. It must have, you know, took guts. Well, that's it, Brian. Uh, I've only got my experience that I can share, and everybody else's experiences may be different. You no, know, like when, uh, when I first grew up and I started taking drugs, uh, I never have thought like drugs would have led me to homeless, begging in the street, in and out of prison. Uh, I had a partner, which I, I had a child in that with, and on, and. I kind of broke that relationship up. Uh, I'd harmed him, I harmed my son. Uh, you know, my mother didn't want me in her life, my brother didn't want I didn't ever imagine drugs would have took me to their places, and they did. 
And then when I was in their places and I was in hostels, I had to learn that, learn how to survive. And and that, it was like the animal level. No, I, I, drugs took me to a place which it was an animal level to, to live. Uh, and I had to just cope with it. Uh, and I couldn't ever see any way out of it. And yet, here we are. It's a beautiful day outside. You're living at the Arch, which is in the Bridgeton, Glasgow. Um, very eloquently, you're, you're talking about your life. And you sit before me, you're, you're a smart, dare I say, a handsome-looking guy. Um, so it's, it's great hearing, hearing your story. So going forward, what's your hopes? What's your expectations? My expectations is like I'm in the arts just now and hopefully I'm, I'll go and move on to a house uh, and further down the career, like maybe get a job. Uh, I'm volunteering with the Simon community just now, which I know a lot of people who I know it's in recovery have kind of done the same thing I'm doing and they kind of move on to employment. Uh, like, so that's like one of my goals. Uh, and my other goals is to try and remain uh, total absence from all drugs. Uh, and I know I have to do that, uh, keep attending meetings and do my voluntary, which is all good scared. Uh, in the past three years, uh, my life's just totally changed. Uh, well, I've, I've been on holiday numerous times. Uh, I've been to loads of conventions. Uh, and I can manage money in that day. I can support myself. I can buy my food. I can buy clothes. Uh, and the wee gifts I get for, for doing the right things is all good. No, I, I don't like to brag, but I've been to Croatia. I'm just back for Gran Canary. I've been to Ireland twice. I've been to Birmingham, uh, Edinburgh, Dundee. All, all these things, uh, just in a matter of space, a free year. And, and this is because uh, I've kind of got my life back. And out of all the years of using drugs, no, I've lost a big part in it. So, you know, it's like I'm just enjoying it again. Uh, and I'm going away next month again in holiday, which I probably didn't think it was ever possible and that would happen. Uh, and that's what I get with staying clean now uh, and doing the right things. Fantastic. So you moved into the Arch... First of March. First of March uh, last year. So at the time when you moved into the Arch or the Arch became a possibility for you, what do you think would have happened if you'd moved straight into a flat? Would you have been able to cope? No, I don't think I would have been able to cope, and that's why I, I, t I applied for the arts. Uh, because I would have came out uh, and no learnt kind of how to kind of live in a flat, uh, because the flats I was living in were those hostels and there were rooms. Uh, I couldn't manage to... Ability to do that, so I had to come out and learn how to live on a daily, daily basis myself. Uh, learn to go and shop and that sort of stuff, uh, and just to keep keep manage my flat. Uh, and it took a bit of time, and it took maybe a bit of used to it, and getting used to it. Had you ever had a flat before? You know, had you ever had your own accommodation? Mm -hmm. I had my I had my own accommodation. Uh, in Mary Hall, I had my own accommodation with my ex-partner, Annie Wayne. Right. Uh, and how long were you there for? I was with the, the Wayne, I, I was up till like seven. 
I was still using that to have that she there and she would try and help me. I was on methadone and I was just doing all this stuff behind her back and mm-hmm. she just had enough of it and, and we split up. But I guess in terms of having that tendency, you know, paying bills and, excuse me, you know, making meals, budgeting, I, I guess all these things were out the window. Aye, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, she, once I'd done that, I. It was out the window, so like when all my, all my kind of stuff like getting food and I would go to missions and places where I got sorted out with food, so like coming and having to make meals and, and all that, it was a new thing for us, yeah, which I, I managed quite well now. Yeah. What's your favourite meal that you make? What's your best I meal? I think lasagna's <laughs> the best. If I was going to make something, I think a lasagna, homemade, if I get all this stuff. Homemade lasagna, yeah. But it's just, I, I can manage now, no, I can buy food outside and, and treat myself and go to restaurants and that sort of stuff uh, because I'm not wasting my money on drugs and, and it's been all good so far and I just hope long way it to continue. Because it's a big issue just now, you know, with the housing first. You know, there's apparently many accommodations coming in on, you know, into the, uh, into the sector. Uh, to help people come off the streets and and, and you know stop sleeping rough, uh, people who are homeless to to move in with a wraparound support system. What do you think of that? How how do you think that will work? Do you think that if that had been offered to yourself, that would have been a a good thing? I think housing. I've heard about housing first, and I actually know one of the boys at Gora, uh, and he's done really well for it. Uh, He's nine months clean, the boy, uh, and he got it from a treatment centre, but also know that Housing First can take people that's on their own methadone and they'll give them support uh, while they're on methadone and try and support them. Because so, <clears throat> when I was in here, like, I, f- I thought Housing First was an opportunity for myself to kind of move on and get support, but when I've been in here and having to get the support, like, I was speaking to one of them in the housing force and they said no because uh, you're still not, you're not caught up, John, you're not chaotic and that's what housing force is for really, it's for boys that are still caught up and, and can and kind of manage your life but I think if somebody's willing for it and really want to help, I, I see. I think it can work because uh, I know a boy just noon has got one of the houses from housing force and his, his life's changed Totally, I don't mean the word, but his life's just totally changed. Uh, and I see him doing the, the same stuff I do. I see him at regular meetings, he does volunteering, and mm-hmm. he's just trying to change his life. So it can work if people are willing and able to do the right thing. But for me, it was like, how did, how did I do this? And I, know I had to get shown, I had to see what recovery was like because I, I never got, got onto that path until I was a long time. Yeah, as soon as people start asking for help, uh, people put their hand out. So for yourself, being here, the support that's an offer. What's been the sort of the the highlight for you? What, what's been when you when you leave here and you're talking to people, telling them about the arch and supported accommodation? What's the one thing, or two or three things, that you would highlight to say that yeah, you would recommend it. Uh, that, for me, the 
There are, there are actually been the best homeless place I've been in or any supported accommodation I've been in because the facilities right away. Uh, they've got sky telling, they've got pool tables, uh, they've got games. Uh, the flats are amazing. Uh, the staff are great. Uh, it gave me a good foundation for when I came into the treatment centre and, uh, and having to go out. And uh, no, if you listen to staff in that and hearing you do the right things, then no, it can all work out for you, know what I mean? But it is a host homeless place and, and things don't always turn out well. Uh, but it's what you do, and, and that's what I kind of learnt it, no, it's what I do, it helps me. In. Yeah, so. So, what's your plans? What, have you got any short term plans, long term plans? No, that no. My plans are now is like uh, I've just started volunteer with the Simon community uh, twice a week. Uh, I do volunteer in a wee recovery calf and, and I always go to my NA meetings with my fellowship with cleaning addicts. Uh, no, I'm just planning keep my recovery, uh, and I know the more I do this, the more doors will open up for us. Uh, employment and that can be something that I aim for, a, a goal, but just now I'm just kind of enjoying it. Uh, my next plan is probably kind of moving out for the arts and if I know what I know and get support, how to manage my house and that, I, I think I'll do well. Uh, so that's kind of my next step. Uh, no, but my main priority is just keep doing what I'm doing and, and try and stay clean. Uh, so because somebody listening to this and you had to give them a piece of advice, whether it be from this period of your life or from 30 years ago or, or 15 years ago, what would that be? Uh, my advice would be, like, if you're kind of on methadone, you're using drugs and you don't know how any way to, to get off it, uh, the solution for me was uh, just total absence. Uh, if you manage to get in like, a detox centre and come off it and then no the get in, get involved with a fellowship, uh get involved volunteering, stay with clean people. But the most important thing is like don't pick up a substance, because uh, that's why I, I found out my recovery. Uh, I had to be total absence uh, to change my life. Uh, my previous experience was like every time I took a drink, it would obviously lead me back to my drug of choice and, and then I'd end up back in prison. Uh and if you've got to that place, uh, very well done. Because yeah. I know it's hard and it's a journey that it's there for anybody. Yeah. But you've got to be willing uh, to do it. Thank you ever so much, John, for a touching and heartwarming chat about your life and your experience. I'm very grateful. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to John, then please get in touch. Make a comment and let us know what you thought about it. You can email us at trialsofasurfer at scottishchristianalliance.org.uk or you can follow us on Twitter at arch the or at trials sofa 
You can connect with us too via Instagram. That's scarch36, S-C-A-A-R-C-H-3-6. Or follow us on Facebook, The Arch Resettlement Centre. Please subscribe to the podcast. And you can do that via uh, Podbean. Or listen to it via our website, www.scottishchristianalliance.org.uk. So please go tell your friends, your family, or your work colleagues to come and subscribe. We have more great guests coming up, so you don't want to miss it. If you wish to sponsor or help us with the running costs of this podcast, you can do so via our website or by emailing us at info at scottishchristianalliance.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Take care. And until next time, be blessed.